I'm ready because I'm eating toast. That's how you know. Hi, William. Hey, Michael. All right, so our prompts that we've got in the chat room, were any of them uh, sticking out to you? We were about to... Uh, you you'd, you would know, you would recognize John from social media, and then we said you don't really know John. But is that true? Do you know... What do you know about a person from their social media? What Everything. Do you, know about a, <laughs> you know a lot. What do you know about a person from like hanging out with them in person? They could be just, they're still maybe giving you what they want you to see. I know. You've been doing that ever since the first time I ever met you. Damn. It's, it's frustrating. Damn. <laughs> I've been doing that to you. I mean, that just be funny. <laughs> just turning back around. Yeah, Michael, that's what you've been doing to me. <laughs> Fake friend, phony, <laughs> phony. I wrote a friend. I, I wrote a song called "Phony" this week. Oh, really? Yeah. That's when you're supposed to go, and it was about you. <laughs> and it was about you, William. <laughs> dun dun dun. <laughs> Didn't what know you like original, I thought I did. What was the original dump 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 from? Does anybody know? Like some cartoon or something? Dump dump dump. What is that? Probably from? some Hollywood film, like old school, you know, black and white film back in the day or something. And then how did it get done a second time? How did <laughs> you know? It became the, the, the get, score to use I, to, to show dramatic pause. I know. I understand it like the third time. I don't understand it the second time. I always was like, you know, when they did that, that was awesome. Let's do that. <laughs> Let me find the chat because I'm not even in the chat. Oh, there, there we go. Somebody wrote Jello Starfish. Got to be from Hitchcock or something. See, I I think it was Hitchcock. That's going to be my educated hypothesis. No, it seems too dramatic for Hitchcock. Hitchcock. Dun, dun, dun. No, that's not Hitchcock. Hitchcock's music was more subtle than that. That sounds like, a, like fucking Mighty Mouse or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> or like the Looney... Well, not the Looney Tunes. I don't think it came from there, but... Do you think that where did Dum 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 come from <laughs> would show up on Google? Where did yeah. Dum 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 song come from? Not song. That's the wrong theme. Uh, origin of Dum Dums. That's not what I'm looking for. <laughs> well, how about the, the 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 people on the old time radio? Dragnet. Oh, that. Oh, Dragnet. If anybody wants to like uh, confirm this with some googling while you're sitting here on the Zoom call, go for it. I should I should not be the one to do that, or I will just be quiet. You're typing. Yeah, we need to assign one person the research. Dragnet, <laughs> yeah, Dragnet. It's that kind of zone. You know what? I'm just I'm just gonna make a call here. Zach. Zach, I don't know why, but from your avatar, you seem like a guy who knows how to research on Google. This is your job for the next hour. <laughs> and please, please hit dum, us up on chat dum, once you find dum. the answer. <laughs> I don't know. Zach can't unmute himself. I don't know if he can, but like I gotta know if you're on it, Zach. Right in the chat. Let us know. <laughs> All right. So, none of, okay. What about intuition? That was an interesting question because John said, "I remember a liturgist in, event in Minneapolis during which Science Mike said, paraphrasing, people trust intuition too much.' And later, Lisa said, 'People trust intuition too little.' What are your thoughts about that, William? 
Well, I think that I sit right in the middle, which makes me better than both of them. Mm-hmm. So, intuition, Tr- and <laughs> and don't listen to your intuition. Trust to I would I would say like trust to what, right? Trust if you trust your intuition on how far away Orion is, you're not gonna you're not gonna probably do well. You know, <laughs> you're not gonna. You don't want to trust that intuition to be like my into or like my intuition says this particular vaccine. That's the one that we're going to go with. I don't care what your intuition says. Right. Study it. Do the tests. I don't think intuition works that way in a strange way. Like intuition to me seems less about um, predicting the future and more about something or predicting other people's future let me say that i think intuition is less about produce, predicting other people's future and more about what's right for you and what's not right for you yeah that's what i was gonna say like in certain sense of intuition you have to trust it more than like let's say food you started you're saying your intuition on food what's good for your body and what your body needs is probably in my opinion going to be better than if you reading some sort of health journal about what you should be eating. If you're yeah, really or more tailored, yeah. Because your body, while there are, I think, some basics, right, that humans need to survive, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, your body may, you know, have intolerances towards certain things, allergies, or it just works better when being fueled by other, <clears throat> you know, some things versus other things. And you, you know that partially, you know, based on, like, deductive reasoning, but also... Um, you know, your body doesn't always communicate to, doesn't communicate to you the way you consciously communicate to other people. So I think that's kind of what intuition is. It kind of fills the gap of like unconscious information that we're able to perceive within ourselves, um, about what to do, where to go, what not to do. Um, so yeah, intuition to me is like an internal magic that is, that is, it's, it is kind of oriented around faith, but I also think it's informed by uh, science. It can be, our intuition can be honed and shaped by mm. that, which is reality, you know, around us. Like my intuition is not going to tell me to jump off a building to fly. Um, right. Unless I'm in an, in an airplane. Right. So intuition more or less. Well, maybe somebody's is, will. You all. Yeah. And maybe we argue there, uh, maybe they're, emotional chemical balances off <laughs> yeah but that's um, yeah but then that would be that would be argument for the science mike side of like don't trust your intuition well i don't think he but, said don't trust it at all right like i think yeah. it was people trusted too much and then lisa's like people trusted too little and i think the sweet spots right in that in between or maybe um, both are true applied in different ways very much i don't yeah, I, I don't see them in conflict your intuition changes as you grows you gather new information and my intuition you know about what's going to make a track glue together production wise is probably better intuition than you know my intuition about what's uh god what what am I really, really bad at? <laughs> Lots of things. Mm. Um, <laughs> then my intuition on what's a good idea to tweet something. 
Yeah, those sensibilities could be sharpened. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Oh, so apparently Wagner, according to Cora, that the origins of this particular sting are deeply rooted in classical music, namely Wagner, but when applied Hmm. to drama, they were first heard on radio shows. Hmm. So it became a common trope used in like early radio shows with classical music. Well, okay, classical music. Fogner. Thank you, Zach. Zach did this research for us. Zach did it. I told you I had an intuition. A different Cora that- answer mentions Dragnet. Looking for a real source. Zach, how did, okay. you, know, how did you know that Zach would be such a good researcher? I, I, you know, maybe it was the nerdy glasses. Maybe I, I, I prejudged him from that. Maybe it was... <laughs> Um, the eagerness in his smile from his maybe avatar his that let me know he was easy. To, he wanted to please. <laughs> Sydney says maybe it was intuition. It was intuition. Yeah, I think it was. It was a. It was a sense. I have. And if this, you had not trusted that, we would. We might not still have. find found the answer eventually. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Don't um, put too much faith in Zach here. But you know, Zach, you did a great job. But, like, if we gave it to Michael Timberlake over here, I think Michael would have done a really great job, too. Maybe, or maybe not. I don't know, Michael. Nod or shake your head, yes or no. Would you have done a good job? He would have. He says he would have. We don't know, though, because Zach obviously did the job. Well. Are you just taking people with glasses? Is this what you're doing? <laughs> you know, I, I'm not going to say I'm taking people with glasses, but Ruben Caller over here, I think he would have done really good, too. Um, and I don't know why. He's got glasses, too. <laughs> Uh, no, but I mean, what about what about Timo from Switzerland? I think he. Why are you picking all men? Um, not because I deep down believe that men are smarter or anything. Of course not. Kelsey's got um, glasses. Look at Kelsey. You know what? K- Kelsey might have done a good job, but maybe not as good as Ruben or Timo <laughs> or Zach or. <laughs> You're just insulting. <laughs> See, see, Kelsey has the puppy. Remember, Kelsey has the puppy. That's why she couldn't have done anything. So I was right. <laughs> oh, she's distracted with the puppy. Yeah. See, my intuition told me Kelsey wouldn't have been. I mean, granted, she so didn't tell not us that. that you're, but... It's not that you're sexist. No, 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 no. Never, 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 never. <laughs> never, 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 never. Kelsey's shaking her head. <laughs> Um. Okay. Well. Sorry, guys. Oh, yeah. you got some other people. You got Margo in the comments. I've seen you, Kelsey. Look at yeah, the fuck, haha. William, you get <laughs> you say some things sometimes with women that they'll that I've I've been in rooms with you and women where I'm like, what are you thinking, man? What the fuck are you thinking? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Do you it's like? True. Do you like almost being murdered sometimes? You know, I do. I think it's like the little brother in me kind of likes antagonizing women a little bit. Just like out of fun, not out of like, you know, hate or spite, but like kind of poking at them a little bit because I used to do that with my sister. I've seen like, you do that. I'm like, what are yeah. you doing, man? It doesn't happen all the time. I'm, I'm usually on, on, on the women's team, but because they're right yeah, about most everything. I've seen, yeah. I mean, often you're on the women's team if there's a team. Yeah. There's a team. But then sometimes you'll just, you'll say things and I'm like, whoa, man. I have to remind them I'm a man too. 
which means I say what dumb do shit. <laughs> <laughs> or that I, I get a lot of fun saying dumb shit. Uh, I don't know. I just do. Somebody said, Kelsey said, that's actually the way I flirt. So it could be showing affection depending on the context. See? It can Wait, be cute. You flirt. What do you mean, Kelsey? You, you, you like poke at men or at women? Both. Hmm. Ah, so that's the way she like, you know, sometimes that's it's a flirtatious thing, right? Like, or it's like you're being cute or, you know, like it's just ha ha ha. Look at me. I'm cute and funny. You're upset. Ha ha ha. I embrace the patriarchy. <laughs> it's true. Um, you know, okay. What about. Do we? I guess we haven't really picked our. The dun 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 was kind of a, a side a side game there. Um, <clears throat> duct tape. No. Why not? What about duct tape? <laughs> Why did someone put duct tape into the chat room? Because there's we asked a, a bunch of brains here, and brains that are probably above average intelligence like there's a lot of really smart people in here i don't know why i said i I just they seem like smart people because you have classes (laughs) it was timo it was timo all of the ideas in the universe well because you know this the show doesn't usually talk about this is not a show centered on like kardashian life or you know and why not why not their lives matter too, lives and worth matter. discussing. But let's just say it's not like the, there's. We talk about issues that are deeper in the intellectual pool usually. And somebody was like duct tape. Duct tape was the thing, and I think that's fascinating because it is quite an invention. How old is duct tape? I'm already bored. Come on, man! Duct tape. <laughs> Imagine. If you came up with duct tape, you're like, and you're explaining this to someone, there was no such thing as tape. And you're like, listen, it's just something that's sticky on one side and not on the other. It's going to revolutionize the world. <laughs> listen, every, every 80s or 90s dad used duct tape and thought they could change the world with duct tape. We were all so familiar with It's not like, an interesting conversation. MacGyver. All right, we'll move on. We'll move on. Can you hear me? No, no, no. Wait, what? You couldn't hear me? I did. I said MacGyver, but I thought you... I was still thinking you were bored with the conversation. Oh, yeah, I'm totally bored with the conversation, but I was answering it. (laughs) All right, 1923 is when it was invented. Let's move on. We'll find something else. We'll find something that resonates here, William. Um, Oh, you're a glassist, somebody said. (laughs) I'm a, I'm a glassist. I'm a glasses. I'm a Classic glassist. Classic, bougie, ratchet. <laughs> <laughs> Take them off. What's happening? Ooh. <laughs> What's happening? I'm a glassist. <laughs> Pretty good. Thank you. I, give me If you gave me five minutes, I could have had a whole song. I believe you. Have you been writing songs? Um, A little bit. I feel ready to go back in the studio again to start 
like I like writing kind of in studio and in sessions a lot more than just me alone at home. Um, so now that I have a few projects winding down, I'm actually this fall gonna gonna head back into the the old studio and uh, get some things off my chest. Usually, probably some really angsty, melancholy songs. <laughs> Maybe a few uh, hopeful ones. Yeah. I don't know. We'll talk about that probably later in our podcast about like creativity during the pandemic. But mm-hmm. what is it? How is it? We're not talking specifically about the pandemic, though. I don't think in the podcast. How has it? How has the pandemic affected your creativity? I mean, if it's it makes good, me we could repeat it. It makes me not want to be creative. Really? Uh, yeah, I know for like, some people it makes them want to. It doesn't make me want to at all. It it just is like an existential stress and anxiety that I can't quite like shake. Um, which I have to try to make, I have to try to, uh, pretend like it's not happening for me to remotely be creative. Why do you think that is? I just think that's how my body works or how my brain like processes or, or feels safe or not safe to be creative. Like if I don't feel safe, I don't like, it's hard for me to be creative. Mm, Like a higher level of the Maslow's hierarchy of needs or something like by the time you're is that more in like the uh self-actualization sort of zone where you're thinking about creating in the world yeah like just really trying to figure out how to be alive yep 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 Hmm. all of that in the above it's 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 really tough it's like yeah because it feels like i shouldn't be doing this because other things are more pressing whether that's true or not whether i can change anything or not um yeah for me it feels more like um it's kind of like fuel life fuel and if i don't have like juice the create whatever the juice that allows for the creativity it feels for me like a lot of times creativity is like life juice (laughs) that is overflowing and if i don't have um enough in the tank to survive to maintain my relationships to uh you know to get out of bed with some purpose um creativity is one of the first things that starts to suffer for me so like for me balance and this is something i learned years ago that like i would notice if i was stuck creatively Rather than like trying to dig in harder and pull more out, like, come on, I'm going to get this out. Uh, I would kind of reverse the flow of energy and be like, oh, I don't have enough in, I don't have enough input. Hmm. Cause if I, if I, if I'm trying to, if I can't find the output, there's just not enough coming in. So like, how can I ch- to focus on an inflow of energy, whether that's. So what's going to make me feel alive today? What's going to bring me balance today? Um, I might need some exercise. I might need some sunshine. Mm. I might need to read a good book. I might need to listen to some music rather than Mm. whatever the... And I've often found that when I reverse the focus of like, rather than trying to pull out, if I focus that I'm trying to put in, uh, eventually it does stuff starts coming out again hmm fill that well my personal experience fill that well 
Otherwise, you just got a bunch of mud at the bottom. Hmm. Yeah. I don't I just think we're all doing the best we can. I'm trying to do the best I can do. Um, you know, without forcing the creativity. Um, but also recognizing, you know, I need to start putting myself in situations to be more creative, you know. Um, and even when I don't think I have things to say, I know I do um, as well. And so that's why I'm like putting myself in the studio is just a great way to just sit, sit with a pen and paper, listen to some music, create some music, and then just write, you know. Everything, I don't know, that flow state for me is 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 really good <sighs> soon enough is everyone always doing the best they can um that was one of the questions in the chat yes but that doesn't mean that they aren't capable of doing better uh, that's in the, I, I know that's better hard to... in the better in the future yeah. 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 Um, I think in I think in one way, you know, if Yeah, that's great. If folks in 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 a moment can actually do better they will, and oftentimes they don't, which to me means they can't do better, <laughs> at least not in that moment. Right. Um, and so but that moment is now gone. So yes. you get a chance to do better um, in this moment. Come on now, William. There we go. Is that spiritual enlightenment for y'all? <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you need permission to know, to know that you're doing your best? Do you need permission to know that, you know, the people who treated you like shit were only doing their best? What, what do you need, guys? What do you need? Hmm. <laughs> Either yeah, way. what do you what do you what about that? What about that situation? How does yeah. that affect you to know that the people who treated you like shit were doing their best? Yep. What does that do to you? Makes me want to go find some new friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing you do. <laughs> go find some new friends. Don't be afraid to just change up your whole life. <laughs> just Move on. You're like, oh, that's the best you got. <laughs> that's the best y'all got. Not. Don't practice that shit on me. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> that's uh, that's where we. That's where we end up. So yeah. Uh, I miss hanging out with you, William. We should just hang out. I mean, I, I know I'm not part of the the, the commune yeah, that should. you got there. We should do it. At somebody least outside or something. Yeah. Somebody told me they saw you at Dune the other day. I, I, do, always get... I go to Dune fairly regularly. Yeah. I like Dune. They were like, I saw him outside of Dune, but it was the pandemic, so I don't. I just didn't want to say hi to him. Um, you know how often people tell him, like far more often, even than they come, more often than people come up and recognize me, they tell me later or somebody else tells me, I saw you, but I didn't want to come say hi to you. <laughs> Cause, Cause, you always look like you're lost in your own world. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> I had a friend saw you at an airport once, and he just like watched you for five minutes, and then called me and described it. 
I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> He's just doing the most random stuff <laughs> at an airport waiting for his flight. <laughs> yeah, I'll notice some people watching me sometimes. <laughs> there you are. They're co- those are my people around L.A. <laughs> I'm paying people like TMZ. <laughs> it was just like, like hello. <laughs> what? I need to figure out how to look more approachable. You just smile more. It is a pandemic, though. I smile a lot. I know, but I'm just in public when you're... But maybe maybe it's like an alien smile, you know? Maybe I'm in public like... <laughs> yeah, don't look like that. <laughs> I got to figure out the, the, like... The tone, the temperature. I'm like, turn it down t- a few clicks. Yeah, like, down or up. One of the two. Like, tell me. Tell me. Is this a... Is that, a, is that a friendly human smile? <laughs> uh, we'll work on it. We'll work on it. <laughs> Colton says no. You know what? You know, Michael, you're doing your best in this moment. I, I just want to <laughs> acknowledge that you I are doing get, your best. I got to get my diagnosis from Hillary still. Really working oh on my that God. over the years. Just like, what's going on, Hillary? Why? Why when I smile? You are you are a therapy Pandora's box. <laughs> I'm sure Hillary would love it too. She loves she would love to get her hands on both of us. <laughs> it might just be five. That might be the. Mm. She has she has things for fives too. That's why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's married to one. Yep. The two and five thing. A lot of twos get with a lot of fives. Yep. Because as fives, we need somebody to, to do stuff for us. Have you dated any twos? Not con- not that I know of consciously, no. Okay. Um, but, you know, I don't, I don't really talk about Enneagram outside of, <laughs> like, yeah. li- like po- either Christian or liturgist circles. <laughs> you're, not <laughs> the, like, you're not on the date and like, what's your Enneagram? Yeah. Have you, have you heard of the uh, Enneagram? <laughs> and spend the whole date trying to, like, figure out their number. You know, people do that on dates. Like, I've heard stories where people do that. Yeah. Um, it's like you just want to indoctrinate you want to indoctrinate somebody in the Enneagram cult right away (laughs) you just want to throw them right in to something that's we've been thinking about for years now I would (laughs) would love to watch I would watch a show that was like William Dates and just like watch you in your game oh Oh. have you never seen me uh, when I when I turn my charm on I don't know I don't think I don't think you actually have now that I think about it I've seen you flirting. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's similar. But it's I, very similar. But I was, but you kind of like shooed me away, so I didn't get to watch. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah! I did because I ran into you at an airport. That's what yeah. I ran into you at an airport. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't want you to to ruin to ruin the moment I was having with this totally beautiful stranger. Uh, yeah, okay, I remember that. <laughs> um, like, who's this guy in the patterned pants that came up and is smiling creepily at us? <laughs> Wait, who? Where? No, I'm saying that's what the person would think. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. Okay, I was like, wait, I thought you meant on Zoom. I was like, somebody in a powdered pants just creeped no, up I'm, on us? I have powdered uh, pants. Oh, yeah, you always oh, wait, have no, I'm pants. actually wearing black pants. Wow, I just assumed I was wearing patterned pants, because I normally am. Um, yeah, it, I don't know. It's just something that comes out of me, like an overflow of the heart. What, you, what's your, what do you get? Like, Can you turn it on right now? No, I have to like... It's funny. I have to like 
find somebody attractive and like want to kind of swoon a little bit. Like I, I have to kind of feel like swoony, you know, like like ooh, maybe there's something here. I don't know. Okay. And you get talking. like jokey, jokey. I get very jokey, uh-huh. smile like smiley, but like cool. Like yeah. it's, it's it's both. Oh, and, so you uh, feel like you're suave? I I don't know. It's like it's a bit more nerdy than suave. I I definitely can admit that. At times it can be suave, but I would say it's suave packaged with a, you know, a fine, beautiful icing of of nerdy. <laughs> uh, that's just or geeky. It's very like particular, you know. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, you're kind of weird, but cool at the same time and relatable. And oh yeah, you're funny, but you know, uh, you're also a little self-deprecating. And I get like all of it. Like it all just. So what about flirting in the time of COVID? We got a couple questions about that. Ugh. Love well, of COVID. it's hard to flirt when people can't see your face. I know with a mask. How are you going to do that? You got like just you wink. <laughs> yeah. Listen, listen, Sydney. I hear you. I feel your pain. It's hard. They've got these new masks that there's they're they're about to come out, but uh, they're trying to pre-order them where it's like it's it's a it's clear like in your face region. Oh, and uh, you can breathe out um, and there's carbon filters in it. Uh, and it looks really comfortable, uh, and and it doesn't like smoke up. It's you know. Wait, it's coming uh, out in a in a year. You said no, like November. It's, it's supposed to come out. There's I forgot the name of them, but they're selling Ooh, them like, as a cool. Yeah, it's a European company, and they're selling them. They're starting them as like a uh uh one of those like Indiegogo campaigns yeah, where like yeah. they created something and then they're using the initial investment to like you know ship it. But anyway, um, isn't it? I think it's fun to watch the world like evolve to this. Like you mentioned Dune the other day. Dune has a whole thing. Like now it's a window. You don't, they don't, you have no air between you and the person. Um, it's all done in a way that's very like watching the world kind of like shift. I went walking through Pasadena the other night. A lot of the restaurants now are outdoor seating entirely. It's beautiful. I love that. Yeah, LA's needed to do that in general, like moved yeah. into more yeah, outdoor spaces. LA's, the outside is so nice almost all the time. And yeah, there's most restaurants don't have outdoor seating like in this uh-huh. town, which has been strange to me. But now we do. Now we do. And I don't think we'll, we'll go back either. Like I think uh, a lot of these places will keep outdoor seating, um, which is great. But yeah, no dating in, in COVID. I mean, I... I don't like to share too much of my personal life because uh, these are I have horror stories. Uh, I should save them all for a book and then publish once I die. Because <laughs> I could write a book of, of actual dating horror stories. Why publish after um, you die? Well, because I don't I won't want to face anybody once I tell these stories. Also, I don't want anybody to know how. What is that? What is the shame? You got yes, shame? I don't want people to know how freaky I am, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> what's the shame? What is so? What's the problem? They look at you and they go because I have mm. a mother. <laughs> Oh, it's your mother. <laughs> and she cannot know these things. <laughs> yeah, okay. That makes sense. She, she would die. If I wrote a book with things like that, the, she would die. I don't get the sense that like most people you care that much about what they No, think. like if I know if I like know you know, I don't really, you know, care, but But your mother. Yeah, and also too like I don't know. There you you have definitely gotten over this a lot. So applause to you. I think there's still a part of me and I don't know if it'll ever go away that does feel a little responsible to some of the Christian music I put out in the world. Mm. Um, and like, 
you know? And so it's not that I can't evolve or change, but I also don't want to say or do things that invalidate those beautiful gems that I offered either, you know? Mm. Um, and so dude is a freak. Yeah. I don't want to be, I don't want to be seen as too freaky. Um, Mm. I mean, just the the normal appropriate amount of freak. I think, um, I don't know. I, I think I would like to think that there's an audience out there who would enjoy your music more knowing that you were a freak. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe that's not true. But here's the thing about, you know, I think there's a, you can get too freaky, you know, and that would be like my fear is that if I kind of open the freak door, meaning like, like you say you think there'd be an audience that would care about how freaky I would be. Oh, they would have a line of how freaky they would have a line and they would be like, well, I don't know about that. (laughs) You know, (laughs) that would be, that would be the problem. Um, is, you know, I'd be like, okay, I'm liberated. You guys love me to talk about this. And I talk about it and everybody's like, we don't know, actually. <laughs> you know how fickle these audiences are? <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't trust them. Um, and, you know, it's your personal life. You don't have to tell anybody. It's, that's very true. And, I, you know, I, I realize, call it a, a meditative thing, but I, I realize I definitely, there's certain things in my life that I protect really fiercely mm-hmm. um you know some levels of privacy and anonymity are are those maybe because i know what it feels like to not have them so much right and to have, be a public figure that's just kind of out there and exposed um so i value that a lot but i also uh what else do i value oh i value um taking in the moments that i have and how bizarre truly absurd and bizarre they are but beautiful they are and, and they're really sacred to me and they can't be, you know, you can't post a picture about them that encapsulates that moment. You know, you can't like, uh, you know, even when you're telling a friend about it, it sort of loses the like wonder that it is. And so I don't know, I, as much as I catalog my life, right? Like we all do through pictures and videos and different things. I actually feel like some of the best, most like great moments, even moments with friends that feel really good. You just will never be, they just live in my mind. They'll just never, I'll probably never write about them, never speak on them, you know? But, uh, but man, so I kind of feel like I am sitting on a treasure trove of just, I've had, you know, one wild life, no pun intended, Michael. Um, but I don't know. I've, it's been wild. So, and I, I really appreciate it. I want to feel it. Do you remember the story that I was referring to right there? The way I sang that? No. Have I told that on the liturgist podcast or on the alien show? Does anyone know what I'm talking about? When I did the the mute, when I in Dallas, Texas, it's one of my favorite all time performance stories. I was Dallas, Texas. I had this whole it was one wildlife tour, a whole intro for one wildlife planned with a vocoder. We were doing it every night, and I would harmonize "Brave the Rise and Fall." It was just acapella, me with a vocoder. I wanna feel it was a whole intro. I do the whole chorus with just a vocoder. In Dallas, Texas, somehow the vocoder was muted. And normally it's supposed to be my microphone is muted and yeah, all yeah. you hear is the vocoder. And in my, my in my ears, my mic was muted and all I could hear was the vocoder. But in the house, the vocoder was muted and all they could hear was my mic. So what happened was I think I'm killing it. I'm hearing the vocoder and it's just me yesterday. So I was like... I'm hearing brave the rise and fall. It's all these harmonies and stuff. And what people are hearing, because I can't hear anything. <laughs> I 
You probably were off pitch too. <laughs> Acapella. The whole crowd, the whole band, everyone's going, oh my. <laughs> <laughs> and my body language is like, Bend the rise <laughs> Just had an overzealous moment. They thought overzealous. you were trying to, huh? And I didn't know about it the whole show until afterwards. And uh, Listen, we all, as you taught us, we've all had one wild life. Um, or Sorry, we only get one wild life. what you were saying. No, it's okay. We all get one wild life. All of us. All of us. And those moments, I think, are for us. So, uh, yeah. I'll just be sitting on a treasure trove of juicy information that I'll never share or rarely ever share. Unless, unless at some point it becomes interesting to share it for you. I told you. I'm not going to get that freaky. <laughs> What's your what's your value? What's your this is a, based on a conversation that I had with a friend this week. We can wrap this up soon, but um, what's you like when you're making those decisions? What is your primary value in life or priority by which you make these decisions? Like, what are you looking for? What's the primary thing you're looking for in your life? Oh, in life, mm-hmm. it's your biggest top value. Is it beautiful? That's that. That's truly it for me. Is it beautiful? Is it worth doing? Is it fun? Is it worthwhile? Is it like something new that I can explore? And that to me is all kind of ca- encapsulated in is it beautiful? Because if it's beautiful, it's going to be all those things. It's going to make me curious. It's going to make me um, engage wholeheartedly. Uh, and I think and what do you, that's what I'm looking for. What happens for you when it's beautiful? I don't. It makes me feel like I'm a kid again, and just kind of looking at something brand new, right? Or just lost in the awe and the wonder of of something or reality or someone. Uh, And the it's like it's like a door of possibilities opens up before me, and I just see the world or I see that thing through the lens of its infinite possibilities, and it makes me like sit in awe of it, and I just. Yeah, I'm just I was just noticing like how I mean my theory is not just mine but that everyone's at the end is the same because you saying it feels like a child lost in wonder, it's beautiful. It's a night it's a pleasant, pleasurable experience for you. Yeah. That's just And I never I never want to grow up beyond that, I guess. So we're just we're just all looking to feel good. <laughs> yeah, Just that's very for true. Pleasure. Too. Yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm a Christian hedonist. I think, these but days. everybody is. That's I think every <laughs> every person, every not every person, everything is. Mm. I like that. I'll take it. I think Pop. we all are. I just I'm just honest about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where I think a lot of people are not as or feel afraid to be honest. Is um, it, it, yeah, we we wrap it up in how many layers of story. We're like, I just want to serve God with my life. Okay, why? Well, I want to please God. Why? So that I am loved so, by God. So, so I'm like God. God. So how does it feel to be loved by God? <laughs> Feels yeah. really good. Okay, you're a hedonist. <laughs> yep very much very much <laughs> yeah you're just so you're just getting off, 
You're just getting off spiritually. <laughs> yeah, right. So I get to spend eternity with the Lord. Okay, does that feel good or bad to spend eternity with the Lord? How does that feel for you? It's, it's going to be amazing, Michael. The street of gold is is going to be radiating. Um, there's going to be a Jesus parade every you know noon, two, and four, like Disneyland, oh. and um, all the angels and the saints and the mystics all like jump ah! on a balloon. Oh my God! Parade and, like, and all the all the like Moses and Elijah and stuff like yeah. going the floats down the road and like mm-hmm. hello with all their wives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh God, not the wives. <laughs> You had to bring up the wives, didn't Adam you? Adam and Eve and like all their inbreeding kids. Oh my God. Okay. Change subject real quick before we're done. Because we can't go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> like the McPoyles from um, It's Always Sunny. Somebody brought up uh, Jill Biden t- 2020. Was that a joke just for me? I think um, so. I, okay. Somebody brought up Jill Biden 2020 and I just wanted to say how happy and ecstatic oh, I am. That Kamala Harris is the VP nominee for these United States of America. <laughs> woo woo! Yes, yes, you can snap if you're excited or clap. Um, Kamala Harris, California senator, my senator, is the VP nominee. She was the best choice, was always the best choice. Uh, she should have been president, but we won't go down that road. But at least she will be vice president. And you know what? First, first woman of color. To be nominated on a major party ticket is a big deal. I think it has energized, excited the party. We, we, what did we do? We did $50 million in 48 hours after that announcement. We are on track. We're right now currently outraising Donald Trump and the RNC. And uh, we've got a good chance here in the fall, folks. Uh, I would be very excited about your chances, even more so since Kamala Harris joined the ticket. So, uh, you know, bet on the winning team, y'all. Uh, let's get out. Let's rock the vote. Let's uh, inspire the country to kick out the orange Cheeto in the White House. And uh, I think we could do it, y'all. What do you say? Look at you light up. Yeah. Look at you light up like a Christmas like, tree. Like a racehorse out the Come gate. <laughs> I love it. I'm here. You know what? We talked about intuition. My intuition told me four years ago that Kamala Harris would be president. No lie. When I when we walked, remember our trip to D.C. I we walked into her Senate office, and I knew then. I said, "This woman." I, I knew of her, but didn't vote for her. Mm. But didn't really care about her strongly one way or another. When we walked into her office, I felt chills all through my body, and I promise to God, y'all, I'm 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 going on the record saying this. I don't know if it was the voice of God, but something resonated on the inside of me and said, this woman's headed to the White House. Like, pay attention to her. And I was like, okay. We didn't even meet her. And we met her staff. We talked to her staff. I couldn't shake the feeling all day. And that's why I started, like, uh, researching her. This was in 2017, so this was long before she was running for president. Wait, this is when Um, I was with you? Yeah, when we were in D.C. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We were wearing suits. We were wearing suits. (laughs) Me, you, prop. uh, There's a few others. Um, but or actually I went to DC a couple of times, maybe within a few months. I don't know if it was the trip with you or the trip with prop. I don't know if he was there when we went, but, um, anyway, no, it was Mike. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So this was a different, it was within a couple months. Um, and I knew I was like, I really feel like this woman is going to be president one day. And I don't know if it, yeah. So I always kind of kept my eye on her. And then when she ran, I was like, Oh, 
I knew she was going to get it one way or the other. I was like, either she's going to become the president or she's going to, like, somebody's going to pick her to be, be a VP. I was like, this is where this is headed. So I just followed my intuition, and turns out I was right. So here we are. Here we are. Well, you know, we got quite a year coming up, folks. Got quite a year coming up. <laughs> oh yeah, just just get prepared for it to be batshit crazy. Be also, crazy. just like yeah, like pretty much from September on, I I don't know how much of the news you, or even social media you're going to be able to believe. To be perfectly honest, um, I don't like from any side. You know, I just think there's too many too many actors that are trying to China uh, and Russia. And- yeah. It's so I think, you know, make your decision now. Just be prepared to vote for whoever <laughs> oh, um, sign in mail and ballot and just like be so rough. Just check it's, out because it's going to be rest, a rough November. It is. And, and to be perfectly honest, I, like it, just within the last two weeks since Kamala Harris was announced, we've not only gotten birth or conspiracies about her. Um, there has been so many derogatory, nasty ver- things that are being said about her from like Rush Limbaugh. Rush Limbaugh called her a hoe and a mattress. Yeah, he did. He did. Very seriously. Um, Amazon had to take down t-shirts that were being sold that were called Joe and the hoe. Oh my Um, God. Yeah. Like it's, this is only just ramping up. Like, uh, half of the news articles from the last couple days on Kamala Harris have simply been, um, people trying to refudiate really nasty attacks against her so yeah get ready y'all isn't it crazy like i mean who if it was a white dude vp how central would the attacks on the vp be they would be far less um far less impersonal um or they'd be far less personal um i also think too like they would they would be very gendered like uh you know attacks oftentimes are very gendered and so when it's women it's oftentimes an attack on their you know sexuality yeah, right their um you know quote-unquote purity yeah i guess they would uh, still attack something about it yeah yeah it's like the the way that it gets attacked against a woman is like the, the yeah fuck? it it's very yeah it's very dark in this country you know they, it gets traction unfortunately when when that happens uh so and they know that so that's why they leverage it and also you know the and they're racist too you know the birther yeah. attacks were um deeply racist so um yeah so just know that like it's just gonna get wild we all know that we didn't know that in 2016 and that's what kind of caught us off guard was it got so wild that it felt like we were watching, you know, slow moving car crash? Um, well, this it's time, wild either way, either yeah. way, it's going wild. I think this time though, we can choose. We have more awareness of the tactics being used against us and the disinformation campaigns that that are being, you know, pumped out against us. So, I think we have a lot more awareness this time around to, uh, for how to combat it, or also how to just walk away from it and not engage it. Uh, the if, general public does, at least. If Trump wins again. Will you consider moving? Well, I'm actually considering going to the Dominican Republic for the whole month of November anyway. Really? Yeah. Oh my God, it's not a bad So idea. regardless of who wins or who loses, I think I'm, I'm going to be gone. <laughs> Just like, peace out. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good idea. So yeah, I mean, part of me wish, wants to be here to see how it all go, shakes down, mainly because if Trump loses, 
you know LA is going to lose their mind like oh it's my just going it's going to be wild here which I kind of want to see and be a part of but also Wait, like no, if Trump loses or if Trump wins if Trump loses it's going to be well I, I guess either way it's going to be mind either way maybe we'll see maybe people didn't well, lose their mind be, when he it'd won be a party it'd be a party in LA yeah. if he lost it'd that's be what I mean riots if he wins I don't know about riots it wasn't a riot when he won the first time here yeah but um, this is 2020 true well if he wins by voter suppression um if he wins because he you know was able to cancel out a mail-in ballots and or invalidate them um but um then yeah i could i could see people like doing uprisings for sure but what's part of what's to me guaranteeing the insanity of what's gonna ensue is like who's gonna not say either side is going to say this was rigged because it is being rigged well, again, those well, these, those attacks of rigging always—it's being influenced. Yeah, well, and I don't. It's I, not, okay, it's so just, the the thing that I don't think they're equally weighted, right? Like when when Trump was saying actively saying in 2016 that this election was being rigged, kind of to prepare his followers for him losing, right? Like it was while he was actively courting, um, you know, Russian uh, disinformation and like uh, people in his campaign were actively like soliciting that type of interference, right? Like so he was the one doing doing the rigging, but claiming the other side was was doing it simply for wanting to vote early, right? Like and the same thing is is happening this round too. Um, hmm. It's the same. They're, they're baseless attacks, but if he can say it louder, then it feels like. It doesn't, you know, like it feels like it's the, it's all the same thing. Um, and when in reality, they're just not. Um, voter suppression is uniquely different than uh, Trump just saying, if I lose, it's because somebody therefore must have cheated inherently. Right. Like that's just a different baseless uh, argument. Sure. But I'm, I'm not even getting for what I was getting at isn't even anything about what's actually happening. I just think either side is going to say it. Even if the election ends up being completely fair and balanced, I don't see how a lot of people, at least, are going to say, no, this is an illegitimate election. Well, because there's partly because there's there's and again, I think this is generally from one side there. There is too much mud in the water, so to speak. Like, I think there's a fair argument that the 2016 election was illegitimate. Um, I think there's a fair argument there, mainly because how does somebody win three million in a popular vote, you know, and only 70,000 in an electoral college like that difference is just wild. We've never seen anything like that in American history, mm-hmm. counting on the influence and of a foreign government and the influence that that had on our media institutions, on on voters and on one of our political parties who had their email servers hacked and 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 weaponized and distributed in order to attack that political party like that from a foreign government, which is one of the very things in the Constitution, like no foreign government shall interfere in our elections. Um, so to even remotely have that type of wildly insane uh, um, weaponization of hacked emails by one political party um, to hurt and to hurt that political party. And, you know, I, I think there's real and plus um, Russian collusion. I think there's a there's a real fair argument that the 2016 election was illegitimate. And so when people in 2020, you know, I think can and will make that case regardless of what happens i think it's just ultimately fair when we have an institution that allows for this this type of thing to happen and it goes unpunished you know and until we decide that that actually matters um i think people can 
can at least legitimately say, I think this is rigged, even if, you know, they're just upset and saying it because they're sure. upset because the perception is, is, has, has, is now gone. The perception of uh, fairness is now gone um, because of certain actions that have been taken. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how we move on from this. I hope other people that are smarter than I can figure that out. Um, yeah. But in the meantime, you'll be in the Dominican Republic on the beach. I will be, I will most likely be on the beach in the Dominican <laughs> Republic looking at y'all acting a fool on Twitter and just laughing. All right. Cause um, I'm a glasses. Any, any Star Trek? I'm a glasses. <laughs> uh, any glasses. Star Trek? What? Any Star Trek news before we go? Yes. We need to be alien in the Trekkie. There's a new Star Trek cartoon called Lower Decks that is on CBS All Access. There's two episodes out. I think the third comes out tonight. Um, um, it's Thursdays on CBS. So we've got 10 episodes of Lower Deck come in. They're kind of written by uh, the guy who wrote Rick and Morty. So they kind of oh, have like fun. a Rick and Morty type humor, but it's all like deep Star Trek jokes. And, uh, and it, it's kind of like points to the absurdity of Star Trek, which is kind of it's just really refreshing. So it's, it critiques itself and it's fun. Um, so yeah, that's coming up. And then of course, discovery season three is happening October 15th. If you haven't started star Trek discovery, I promise you just get a free CBS all access for a month. Binge watch discovery. You won't regret it. It's one of the best sci-fi shows I've ever seen. Honestly, um, I would put it up there, like rated next to like the umbrella Academy, which is really great. Kind of like action superhero sci-fi. Um, uh, if you've seen that on Netflix, that's a really great show too. Like, but season one, two of Discovery is incredible. Season three drops October fifteenth. We are in twenty three weeks of Trek, so pretty much every week for the rest of this year, we're getting Star Trek, and I have never been happier in my life. So, <laughs> I just am so delighted how you light up from these two subjects consistently. We're just talking politics about politics Star or Star Trek, and every time, like you could be. You could be in the middle of the darkest depression. You're like, tell us about Star Trek. You're like, let me tell you. Let's talk about That's infinite so diversity great. and infinite combinations. <laughs> I, I know. love it. What a gift. Thank you, sir. Uh, all right. We didn't, we didn't have a word. What's the word? Well, how would you sum up this conversation? Glassist. Glassist. Yeah. Good job. Thanks, everybody. The alien.